0: An introduction to anti racism in the workplace. Brought to you by Assemble You. It's time to work on you, so sit back and listen to practical, actionable advice to accelerate your progress. In this track, we'll cover structural racism and its impacts, microaggressions and the subtleties of racist behaviours, white privilege, and finally, constructive guidance for fostering a more inclusive, anti-racist workplace. Workplace inequality is prevalent and racism impacts rates of employment, career progression and job stability for ethnic minority groups. An HBR article explores how structural racism is a reality in the American workplace. Studies have shown that all else being equal, white employees, are more likely than their non-white peers to receive callbacks for job interviews, are less likely to be blamed for poor performance, earn significantly higher wages, and advance faster. Robert Livingston, for HBR, says, many white people deny the existence of racism against people of colour because they assume that racism is defined by deliberate actions motivated by malice and hatred. However. Racism can occur without conscious awareness or intent. For example, applicants with white-sounding names received, on average, 50% more callbacks for interviews than equally qualified applicants with black-sounding names. The Trade Union Congress commissioned a report on racism in the workplace in 2022. 41% of black and minority ethnic, BME, workers have faced racism at work in the UK in the last five years. One in five respondents has had racist remarks directed at them or made in their presence. And one in four experienced racist jokes or banter at work in the last five years. Four in five respondents don't report their experiences out of fear of not being believed and the negative effect this may have on their work life. So a key part of being anti-racist is not only challenging the initial racist behaviour but believing victims and carrying out full and unbiased investigations into any disclosures made. It may involve questioning your preconceptions about what racism is and how it looks. It is worth carrying out independent research on microaggressions and indirect discrimination. Racism is not necessarily overt and may be subtly disguised as a joke of a well-intentioned comment. For example, commenting that a black person or person of colour is very well-spoken may seem like a compliment. In fact, it is said in surprise and therefore othering. It demonstrates that you didn't expect somebody based upon harmful stereotypes and racist assumptions to sound how they do. What's important to remember is the impact of someone's words or actions on another, not their intent. Shireen Daniels, the author of The Anti-Racist Organization, says, You know what we always say with any change programme? It starts with self first. Racism is a systemic issue, but there is always something you can do as an individual to make changes in your immediate environment. The two can work in conjunction with one another. Daniels provides a model for organisational change. She outlines, the four-factor race model isn't to give people the answers, it is to give them an approach, and an approach that is embedded with being intentional and thoughtful and reflective, and not just leaping into thinking that you know everything, or you want to be the saviour and you want to come and do all of these things. R is for recognise the problem, A for analyse for impact, C for commit to action and E for empower for change. As for CIPD states, monitoring is the cornerstone in any strategy to enable an organisation to identify progress and where further action may be needed. Shireen Daniels advocates using both quantitative and qualitative data. To assess the impact of the issues on any organisation. Don't try and tackle everything at once. Be clear about what it is you're trying to alleviate and figure out exactly how to engage colleagues to work towards a common goal. Clarity, intention and collaboration are key. White privilege Is the fact of people with white skin having advantages in society that other people do not have? As Dana Brownlee explores, white privilege simply acknowledges that whiteness has historically been a source of advantage in a country that has been largely defined by racial hierarchy, either explicitly or implicitly, throughout its history. There is no suggestion that white people don't experience difficulties. Rather, their being white will never be the cause of their difficulties. Racism will not be an obstacle for them. sasha Suzuki Graham, the co-author of Dear White Woman and its connected podcast, explains, You were not denied any opportunity because of the fact that you are white. An HBR article states, Being confronted with racial privilege can trigger strong feelings of defensiveness and denial especially in workplace contexts that are assumed to be merits-driven. Yet not acknowledging this privilege overlooks the myriad of barriers that people of colour face and doesn't accept that most spaces are created by and for white people by default. Without understanding this reality, it becomes almost impossible to make organisational changes and see things from the perspective of somebody who isn't white. HBR research showed that the simple act of focusing on the ways in which you were less privileged improves your ability to relate to and empathise with people who may have experienced challenges due to their racial backgrounds. As a Forbes article expresses, creating spaces to have these conversations and opportunities to hear different perspectives is essential. As the CIPD outlines, The first step is accepting that talking about race in the workplace is new for most. This means there will be discomfort. Mistakes will be made and false starts will happen. Organisations need to understand that this is part of the process and they will need to sit in the discomfort as they learn how to have conversations about race with their people. Highlighting racism in the workplace is vital. Being an ally begins with being prepared to educate yourself and questioning your own beliefs. Forbes reiterates that You can use your privilege for the greater good by taking action when you notice injustices taking place. Speaking up can be an instrumental way to prevent bad behaviours from continuing. Intervening when someone is being treated unfairly is not necessarily easy, but it can be crucial. It sends a clear message that racism will not be tolerated in the workplace and may make some question their own assumptions and beliefs. This doesn't have to mean calling someone out in front of everyone. You can have a quiet word with them and help them to question their actions. If you can't answer yes to, would they have said or done that to a white person, then you should speak up. You can use your privilege to amplify the voices of others Don't have that same privilege. It is the law under the Equality Act 2010 for all workplaces to have diversity and inclusion policies and for everyone in a workplace to be responsible for following policies and procedures that stop discrimination. As an organisation, it's your responsibility to keep a zero tolerance attitude towards those who perpetuate racist ideas. Real repercussions such as formal warnings and disciplinary action, show everyone you're serious about your anti-racist stance. By taking this approach, you will encourage black people and people of colour to speak up about their experiences. If they do, it's important to listen closely and take their observations seriously. Perhaps employ somebody external and impartial to gather this information. In order to protect your team, and allowed them to speak openly and confidently. Forbes reports that with 57% of black and ethnic minority professionals reporting that company efforts towards DEI had stalled just three months after the Black Lives Matter movement. There's a fear that companies aren't really demonstrating their commitment to combating racism. The Black Lives Matter movement started in 2013 and it took seven years for people worldwide to become aware of it. A lot is to be done to dismantle overt and covert racism so it needs real commitment from everyone, especially allies with power and privilege. Do all you can to implement a sustainable and conscious action plan. Commit to changing the company culture and ensure your policies are not simply for show. Focus on altering policies and procedures and holding yourself accountable. Equally, be proactive in tackling racism and don't simply wait for people of colour to come forward. Don't expect one or two people to be spokespeople either. Do your own research and be vigilant. Challenge yourself to read more. Deepen your understanding and seek out valuable resources. Dr Abeyi, the founder of diversity and inclusion consultancy practice Blue Moon, suggests hosting events, facilitating discussion groups and participating in book clubs that focus on diversity and centering a range of perspectives. Employee resource groups would be valuable here too, for highlighting a range of experiences but be mindful not to put your marginalised colleagues under more stress and pressure to push change forward by themselves. Another crucial point is acknowledging and appreciating diversity within and between groups. As the CIPD insightfully explains, part of the challenge is that it is quite wrong to treat different racial groups as one homogenous group. The negative experiences and the disadvantages they face differ. So an employer should think carefully about the impact and experiences of different nationalities and ethnic groups when thinking about where inequalities or unacceptable conduct might arise. Issues will also differ because of intersectional issues. The experiences of an Asian woman will be very different to that of a black male employee and will be different again depending on age. This means ensuring that diverse voices are heard and considered. Asha Harkness, founder of anti-racist inclusion consultancy Indigo Inclusion, advises equitable strategies are a must-have for any anti-racist workplace. Once an organisation has identified areas they need to work on to support black and brown colleagues' well-being, development and progression, companies are able to and should employ a positive action to help readjust the current imbalance. Strategies to create equity are needed to create overall equality. Otherwise, nothing will change. There is no single definitive experience shared by Black people and people of colour. The impacts of racism are varied and far-reaching. Be aware of the nuance. Evidence your commitment to anti-racism by being clear on policy and following through on pledges. Take allegations seriously and acknowledge that reporting racist incidents is an extremely vulnerable and challenging thing to do. Offer emotional and practical support to anyone who has made a disclosure. 34% of respondents within TUC research said racism at work made them feel embarrassed, and 31% said it had a negative impact on their mental health. Many black people and people of colour also reported that racism impacted their confidence, left them wanting to leave their job and had other long-term impacts. Dedication to comprehensive anti-racism process is therefore so important in terms of considering employee well-being. Supported employees are happier and more productive and more likely to stay in your workplace if they feel safe and valued. This week, Make a commitment to finding out your workplace's policies around tackling racism. Put some time aside to independently research microaggressions and direct and indirect discrimination and commit to challenging injustices when you observe them.